Bears blog boys, you know it all, computer analytic geeky nerds. Michael Schneider, Tom Cavanaugh, the Bear blog boys, know it alls. Doing some podcast somewhere. Nobody wants to hear you, geeks. You pencil pushing, skinny jean wearing geeks. You. Coming to you from our mother's basement. This is the Bears Blog Boys podcast with your hosts, me, Tom Cavanaugh, and Michael Snyder. Snyder, how you doing, buddy? Good, man. Ready to talk some Bears football. Yeah, so before we get into what we're going to talk about this on this episode, uh, we should probably, because it's our first episode, we should probably give a little background about ourselves and um, what this podcast is going to be about. Um, so I'm Tom Cavanaugh again. Uh, I'm a journalism student at Mizzou, um, trying to become a sports journalist of some type. Um, and I've been a Bears fan for basically my entire life. Uh, that Super Bowl year was really that got me hooked. It was such a roller coaster um, of emotions. And I've been a fan ever since. And um, I know Snyder's got some, some memories to talk about of being a Bears fan and why he's doing this. Yeah, no, thanks, Tom. Um, again, my name is Michael Snyder. Um, I'm already in my career in like the lending and finance industry. I'm a diehard Bears fan. Um, my earliest memories kind of come in the 03 season with uh, Cordell Stewart as our starting quarterback, um, Anthony A. Train Thomas as our featured running back. That was actually my first Chicago Bears jersey. And Erlocker was really just the face of the Bears. And ever since then, man, I've just been a diehard Bears fan. Never really miss any Bears game. I remember one time my dad grounded me uh, when I was a kid from from watching the Bears game on Sunday. And from that moment, it hurt me so bad. I made sure I would never, ever miss a Bears game again. Yeah, man. Uh, I've been there before, honestly. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so what, our biggest goal of this podcast is kind of to give like a fresh take to um, – to the bears, obviously, and, uh, and, and bears analysis, I should say. And, um, we're big endorser of analytics and like where that's trending and the new trends in football. We really want to explore those, um, and kind of be on the forefront of that. Um, but we're also not just going to rattle off a bunch of stats at you that are hard to understand either. Um, we're going to try to make it as consumable as possible. Um, and, we're, we're also about being objective. We're, we're not going to candy coat things, but we also don't want to use this podcast to rant because we are the bears blog boys. We are critical and we do wear that. But um, again, th- there's always reason for optimism and, and whatnot. So we're going to try to tell the whole story. Um, and Snyder, if you have anything else to add that I'm missing, feel free. Yeah, no, I just want to get it straight. Um, we are di- diehard bears fans. Um, no matter if something, um, was constructed that we didn't like if there's success that comes out of it we're sharing we're, we're happy but we just want to be totally unbiased and criticize in a way that you know our goal is we want the bears to be super bowl or bust year in and year out and we kind of want to explain to you on the best team building ways to do that on um, whether it's salary cap um roster cuts um, draft strategies we want to really go in depth and you know we'll, we'll have numbers to back up our arguments, but we'll really just want to 
go through everything in detail from, you know, start to finish, you know, give you the full picture. Yeah, no, definitely. I think that was really well said. Um, in terms of this episode, we're going to talk about um, obviously the Justin Fields dilemma. I mean, that's been the biggest, that's been the biggest talking point of Bears discourse this entire offseason since we drafted him. Um, and we're also going to talk about some like bigger picture season expectations, what we expect from this season, what we want to learn, um, what players we're excited to see. And, um, and then we're going to preview the Rams Bears game, Sunday Night Football. So, um, I guess let's just get started. And Snyder, so what is your opinion on the Justin Fields dilemma? Should he be starting? Oh, absolutely. He should be starting. I mean, he's more talented in every way um, than Andy Dalton from college. And just his background, um, I think he got offered a, a Harvard scholarship just off his grades in high school. I mean, the man is intelligent. Um, I think you take all those traits the intelligence yeah he, he should be starting week one um i mean if you really want to like bring him up slowly and kind of polish off something so in the preseason you know he did hold on to the ball a little bit longer than he should have he took remember he took a pretty big hit i mean if you want to bring him along slowly in that sense i get it but w- what are you losing not not putting him out there what do you think tom yeah no i definitely i definitely agree and um i think the holding onto the ball like longer than he should. Like there's a lot of quarterbacks that do that, you know, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, um, Dak had that issue, even though he's gotten a lot better at it. Um, And uh, I think it's a problem you could work around. I know the offensive line isn't great. um, And that could be a potential issue. And maybe that's not why they don't want to throw him out right away. But like at the end of the day, I just don't think that he had that much, that many issues in college to where you were like, he's not ready to play in the NFL right away. Like from Trey Lance, I totally understand that. Like you, he, what averaged like 18 dropbacks a game. You just don't really know what you're getting from Trey Lance. Like Justin Fields, there's a big enough sample to know what you're getting. And I do think he's far more talented quarterback than any other and gives the bears the best chance to win. And you also get to learn about him as soon as possible. So like, I think for all those reasons, he should be starting, but why do you think he's not starting? Like, if we think that, what do you? Why do you think Nagy sees it differently? I think Nagy is trying to emulate what happened in Kansas City um, to have you know slowly bring up Mahomes, have have Justin Fields be hundred percent comfortable with with that system, and you know what, Andy, I think they just they you know what you're getting with with Andy Dalton. Um, I think Andy Dalton is actually a high intelligent quarterback. Um, he's not going to turn over the ball a lot. So it gives, it gives Nagy, you know, a little bit more patience to groom field until he's hundred percent confident with him. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. Uh, I think I really like what you said about uh, them trying to emulate the same situation in Kansas city, but like, I just don't think my, from, for me, I think, their situations are completely different. I think Alex Smith had the best season of his career in 2017. Like there was no way they could have benched him. He was playing out of his body better than he's ever played before. So unless you're expecting that from Andy Dalton, I don't know how you can compare the situation because I'm not yeah, expecting that from Andy Dalton. Yeah. I was just trying to speak like in the mind of Matt Nagy. No, 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 I, no. I really, I agree. Yeah, no, it, it's not that similar because I mean, Alex Smith, how, how long was he there for? Like 
in I think net, he was there under three years negative. prior. About, yeah. yeah, about three years. So, you know, Alex Smith was a subject matter expert in that in that system. Yeah. Andy Dalton is not a he's not an expert with, with Nagy's system. I mean, there's familiarity with uh, Bill Lazor, but not with Nagy. So it was like, how much is Fields really learning from Dalton in comparison that I bet Mahomes was able to digest a lot more information from Alex Smith, you know? So it's like, it's really not a comparable situation. Yeah. And but, like, who, but like, this? oh, wait, go on. Sorry. But yeah, but I like, know that they're trying to, I just think that's the mindset because they, they, they're committed to Dalton being the week one. So that, that has to be the mindset. He wants to groom fields. I think that that's what he thinks is best. Yeah. And it's like, I don't have a problem with that per se. Um, I just hate when you go into a season with a plan and you, you're not willing to change it. Like, I just think that always leads to poor results. Like you, are, unless like you, there's no need to change it, but like fields looked as good, like as good as, I mean, you look better than Dalton in the preseason. So like, I, I just think that like, that, again i'll go back to like i just never thought that like fields was not ready to play like ever like he he was clearly like a top three quarterback prospect in this class um and I, just to say like oh he has to sit on the bench because we did it with mahomes i just think it's that's a bad plan like you have to evaluate the situation for what it is in itself and like kind of leave other situations out of, not not entirely but like you can't just base your whole plan around that you know what i mean like look at their different situations for sure yeah i think like just going off like press conferences with matt Nagy, like i think his main thing on why you didn't see too much success with Dolan is because you know the playbook wasn't as opened up i don't think robinson and mooney was out where we're out there like in the preseason so like that's like the excuse that Nagy is giving the media on why he's committed to Dalton. You see, thinks it wasn't really like a like a fair like a fair game to actually like criticize Dalton for on why the offense wasn't moving too well. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, uh, which is fair. I mean, like obviously, the offense is going to look a lot different without Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney. You're starting offensive line, so like I don't, I don't really, you know, put a whole lot into what I saw from Andy Dalton in the preseason. Like I think last season with Dallas is like probably closer to what you're going to get. Um, but yeah, so I, I understand that. I just think that Justin Fields' talent alone offers so much more and so much more upside for your offense. But um, when do you think Justin Fields will start? So I honestly do not know. I call me crazy. I think Andy Dalton is an improvement over the roller coaster of Trubisky and Foles. And I actually think his intelligence, his experience is going to elevate the games of Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney. Um, So, I mean, if he plays about, you know, right below average and the Bears are, you know, in a lot of games and have a winning record, I think Dalton could, he, it's scary to say, but he might hold it down all season and it kind of, sucks as Bears fans because I mean with Dalton as your quarterback the ceiling we don't you don't really see more than like a you might sneak in the playoffs but we don't see anything more than a a first round exit well like he might be just okay enough to where he's not really the main the main issue 
and we might see a scenario where Foles, I mean, not Foles, Fields doesn't play all of year one. Man, I think that would be really unfortunate if that was the case. Because, again, uh, I think you've put it pretty clearly that Dalton's not winning you a Super Bowl. So at that same time, when we were talking about why we think Justin Fields should start, it's like, what are you waiting for? If you're not going to win a Super Bowl with Andy Dalton, like you, Justin Fields is the future. Like you should see as much of him as you can. Um, so I think that would be a really unfortunate outcome. Um, I mean, obviously, if they had a winning record, that's going to be exciting, right? Like I'm not trying to take away from that. But like at the end of the day, I just am more invested in the future than an immediate um, gratification of like, a 10 win season that I'm going to, we're going to get bounced out of the playoffs in the first round. Like I'm that's, doesn't excite me that happened last year. You know, we went eight and eight and no, everyone knew we were going to lose in the first round. So like, um, I think, I don't think he'll play that well. I mean, okay. So I, he, there's a, obviously like a scenario where he can play that well. I think it's a lot of, it's going to be on Matt Nagy. And if you saw, uh, we're recording on Friday, so obviously the Bucks and Cowboys played yesterday. But Kellen Moore is a star in the making as a play caller. Like he does so many good things that modern offenses are doing to help the passing game and just their offense in general. And I think Andy Dalton benefited a lot from that um, last year. So I think a lot of it's going to be on Matt Nagy for how good he can make Dalton look um, and how creative he can get with his offense. Like I hope he. Um, trust both of these quarterbacks way more than he did last year. Cause last year was ugly, but um, I think he will play this at some point of the season. I just don't think the fans, they do care about fans opinions and what they want. Um, and I think that is going to the moment Dalton has an ugly game or whatnot, or an ugly stretch. Like, I just think that the clamoring is going to be too much and fields will eventually play. Yeah, I hope they don't feel like too like like a commitment to Dalton. I hope when when he's bad, man, take him out. But what I really want to explain, Tom, is the different type of quarterbacks. You see Justin Fields, who has pretty much elite traits everywhere. He's a quarterback that you think is going to put your team on the back. He's going to make up for your team's inefficiencies, and he could like again, he could really put a team on the back and like take take you to the promise. You we hope that you know he could develop into a quarterback where he's taking us to the playoffs year in and year out taking us um you know Super Bowl or bust year in and year out that's the type of traits that you trade up for in a quarterback I mean you see those traits in a Russell Wilson Aaron Rodgers Mahomes Watson guys like that then you kind of got a quarterback like Andy Dalton even Andy Dalton in his prime in his best years for him to take you to the playoffs and you know being hopes of a Super Bowl run, everything has to go right. You have to have a lot of turnover luck. You have to be a lot of one-score games that you're winning, a lot of, you know, wins by field goals. And, you know, that's cool for a season, but you can't rely on luck and one-score games to consistently, you know, win your division and make a Super Bowl run. A lot, a lot of luck needs to go into that, like similar to the Bears 2018 season. Yeah, I was literally just about to say that. Like, that yeah. is the epitome of, like, so, everything going right. And then once you get to the big stage and you don't have those things going right for you, like, you kind of get exposed exactly. for what you are. So that's why we want Fields, you know, week one. Because, you know, he has those traits and hopefully he can develop into that quarterback, you know, that could that you're expecting to 
win multiple, many division titles, um, go on Super Bowl runs. So, you know, what, what are you, what, what are you gaining from Andy Dalton long-term? You know, if he, maybe he sneaks into the playoffs, you know, maybe first round exit to where you see fields and you see, you know, this is a guy who's, you know, checks all the boxes everywhere and, you know, can lead us to those, hopefully to those Super Bowls. Yeah. And, um, yeah, no, I, I definitely uh, like agree with all your that sentiment, and that that's why I think finding out like his strengths and weaknesses as soon as possible to know where he has to work on and what players that you can acquire to you know kind of mitigate his weaknesses. Um, I think that's really important uh, in his rookie season. I mean, uh, you can look at the the what the Bills did with Josh Allen um, when they like had questions about his accuracy. They got guys who got open and they made throws a lot easier for him. Like they got Colby's, like they got John Brown and then they eventually got Stefan Diggs. like to learn that. Um, even though we have a, a somewhat of an idea of Justin Fields, but like you really don't know until you see him play in real game action. The preseason is the preseason, like real game action, game planning and all that, you know, um, that's really important. And I think, quarterbacks like yeah they can learn from sitting on the bench but like you're not gonna really learn until you're in the game that's just my opinion um but i uh so i you were talking about like how the bears can uh sneak into the playoffs with andy dalton so is that your expectation for this season is that what you think is going to happen it's not my expectation but i think it's a, it's a possibility um like i said i think you know what dalton is man he about consist about at his best, he was about an average quarterback, and he was below, um, below like kind of consistently average to below average. With Trubisky and Foles, man, they were you've seen stretches of them being pretty good, but then you've seen stretches of them being awful, like the worst, like worst quarterbacks in the league. And I don't think you've re- really seen that from Andy Dalton. So I, like I said, I think he can elevate the game of Robinson and Darnell Mooney. And like I said, if, you know, the defense is creating turnovers, if we're winning one score games, I I think that it's a possibility that Dalton can lead us into into the playoffs. But I just don't see I don't see anything more than a than a like an old first round exit. But yeah, you know, I, it, I, oh wait, so like you were, sorry about that, Tom, but like you were saying earlier, you know, Nagy is someone we really need to watch. If he's not calling good plays and he's run on first down, run on second down, and, you know, if you see Dolan in a lot of third and longs, Dolan's not going to be good. He's not He's not going to put the team on the back. So we got to watch Nagy um, under a magnifying glass because that's going to be extremely important to Dolan's success. If this is the year that, you know, Nagy feels like he has a quarterback he can trust and his offense is at its best, we might we might sneak into the playoffs, but if Nagy is calling plays like he's been the past two seasons, no, I don't think Dalton's going to be successful. And you know, I th- I think our floor is probably you know five to six wins if you know the, the Nagy and Dalton thing doesn't doesn't go well. Yeah, I, I don't really have like expectations in terms of like a successful season. I think a successful season is if Justin Fields plays well, um, right? Which you know, he's got to play in order for that to happen. Um, but uh, yeah. And like, obviously there's a couple other players you want to learn about with all the holes that the bears have next year. So I think about it's the season for me, at least it's really about learning about 
which guys are going to be with you for the future, for the long haul. Um, for sure. And, and I think that's how the bears should treat it. Is that the way they're treating it? I don't think so. I think they're scared of having a losing season because this regime is kind of on the hot seat. And um, I think that's why they're making the moves that they're making. Um, but I just, I don't understand why they're thinking within that mindset, because like, I feel like if you let this regime trade up for a quarterback, like they should at least have however many years, you know what I mean? Like to, to fire them after one year and is the, the quarterback that they just draft rookie season. Like, I just don't think that's realistic. And I don't think that this, that ownership wants to fire them. So um, I, I don't think that they're treating it as like an evaluation learn about this team year i think they're like trying to be competitive at the same time which is i don't know um obviously you want to be competitive but like to like think that you can win anything with this with andy dalton or this roster it's like i don't i don't know yeah i guess we both agree like if we're trying to be really competitive like we just think like we're in no man's land like we're probably not going to win a super bowl and we're not going to be really bad to get a higher draft i know we don't have the you know, the first round pick, but like, if we're competitive, we're kind of just like, like in the middle, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, yeah, it doesn't really matter this year. That's why I think it's just really about learning about Justin Fields and um, hoping right. he gets a successful season, you know? Um, and then I really love what you said about Matt Nagy. I think this year is like, he needs to show us that he is the creative, creative offensive mind that we hired him to be. I think we saw glimpses of that in 2018. And I honestly think we saw glimpses of that in 2019, like before he got bullied into running the ball and all this stuff. And um, I I think he can be creative. It's just about um, whether or not he is conservative. Like sometimes he'll just like turtle up and and call play or start play calling really scared. And um, I just think, that had a lot to do with the trust he had in his quarterbacks that he was working with. So hopefully that changes, like we mentioned before, but yeah, um, I think this, yeah. is, this year, this is the biggest year for him, honestly. For sure. Yeah. And um, I, I actually like Nagy as like, as a head coach, like a leader of men, you know, he has like a good culture. You can tell people love playing for him, but yeah, he is on the hot seat when it comes to his offense. Cause that's what he was brought in for his, his offense. Definitely needs to produce now that he has his I don't know what is it you know fifth now like third or fourth quarterback now so um Tom um enough about Matt Nagy um what do you expect from Sean Desai as our defensive coordinator Ooh, that's a good question um I don't so that's gonna be that that is really one of the biggest questions heading into the season I think um, I expect him to like run some the Vangio cover two quarters, cover six, the two highly safety looks, which where the league is trending. But um, I think it's gonna be tough to evaluate him based on kind of the holes we have in the defense. Um, so um I I don't know if we're gonna get the full glimpse of how good Sean Desai could be. Um I I would love to like see innovative designs and you know whatnot like that's that's what i'm looking for can can the defense over um exceed expectations can they um what's the right word um overachieve can they overachieve with the talent that they have in the secondary um and can he develop some of the guys that they're betting on that um you know are kind of question marks at this point 
For sure, yeah. Um, there's definitely some optimism there because the Bears do have a really strong front seven. Um, yeah. Roquan played his best year last year. Um, I really have no questions about the front seven, honestly. Yeah, I mean, the front seven is pretty awesome. I mean, you're going to have Goldman back. Hicks played well last year. Nichols played well last year. You have Mario Edwards Ma- played well last year. Yeah, we had some that Mario Edwards pl- was well. I know we got that Antonio Blackson, so we're pretty deep there. Um, we'll see if Quinn, you know, could... You know, provide some something there, but you know, Travis Gibson looked pretty good. So, I mean, if if the front seven plays how they could play, there is some optimism there for Sean Desai. Hopefully, he can get creative in the secondary. You know, maybe put four corners and two safeties out there, and just you know, let let the front seven cook, and maybe he could mask a lot of the inefficiencies. My biggest thing with the defense is we're. A, either a Jalen Johnson injury or an Eddie Jackson injury from just being atrocious, man. Like, you know, those guys in the secondary, those guys are, he are you no know, number one safety and our number one corner. It's risky business, man, because, you know, injuries are inevitable. No one likes talking to them, talking about them, but, but they happen, man. So it, it's risky business, you know, just having those two as like really the only two solidified, you know, big, big time um, secondary guys, you know, Gibson, he, he's solid, but you know, Jackson yeah. and Jalen Johnson, you know, they're they're in line to be our Jackson's already a star, but Jalen Johnson's in line to be a star. I would just hate for any of them to get injured. No, yeah. I and like just what we know about coverage and you know how of much of a weak link proposition it is. Like the it, it's really as good as your worst guy. And right now, there's two major question marks starting in the secondary with Duke Shelley and Kino Vildor. We just don't know a lot about them. They honestly haven't been great whenever they played. So like um, if Jalen Johnson went down, like to, to be throwing out Artie Burns, Kendall Vildor, yeah, and, you know what I mean? Like that would be awful. Yeah. And, and it, it sucks to talk about this because Sean Desai has a lot of, lot, there's a lot to be optimistic about coming from that Vic Bangio tree, that Brandon Staley tree, like, those two coaches produce number one defenses. And that is like, I don't know if it's unfair to put that expectation on Sean Desai, but we want to see him emulate those guys. And the secondary that he has is, it's kind of, it's kind of like a tough, a tough um, card that he was dealt with. Yeah. 100%. This is going to be a challenging first year for sure. I would say. Um, And, uh, the last thing I'll say about the defense is I want to see him or I want to see both of them, Sean Asai and Eddie Jackson. Hopefully Eddie Jackson can give back to the Eddie Jackson. We know he's coming off two down years and this system is more advantageous for his skill set. Um, so I think that's going to be really huge to watch for because um, we really need him to be the playmaker that we paid him to be. Um, and then we once knew him to be. So um I think it's really possible. I think he'll he's gonna better he's gonna get better regardless. It's just how much better can he get? Yeah, for sure, Tom. Um, so as we're still talking about our season expectations, is there some guys on defense that you really want to learn about that you're really gonna be watching under that you know magnifying glass? Like, are you not hundred percent certain about them? And you, you just want to learn a lot. Um, other than the two corners that we talked about. Travis Gibson is probably the one I want to learn about most. I if Robert Quinn plays like he did last year, I really don't see a reason why to start Robert Quinn over Travis Gibson. What Travis Gibson showed us in the preseason 
Um, and like all the work he's put in, I mean, he got so much bigger in the off season. And um, I, I just think that like the moment we can get out of that Robert Quinn contract, we will, or the bears will. And um, he's yeah, going to be the next guy that's up. coming up this off. Yeah. Yeah. That's coming up this off season. We fully expect, even if he has like a, you know, a 10 sack season, he's probably going to be cut just because he's not really worth it there financially. I think he's making like $16 million and he doesn't really next year. I think he has a dead cap hit about 5 million. So if you cut him, you're probably going to create around $11 million. So we fully expect Quinn to be gone. Yeah. So I, I, if Travis Gibson can solidify that edge two spot and you don't have to go out and try to get one through the draft or paying one, I mean, we just saw TJ Watt get paid $28 million a year. So, I mean, there ain't, they ain't cheap. And, uh, if Travis uh-huh. Gibson could be that guy, he is on. He's was a fourth round pick. I mean, like he he's a really cheap option and um, could give some juice uh, to complement Mac off the other side. Yeah, of the edge. that'd be an incredible value. You still have after this season, you still have him for two more years on that rookie deal. Yeah, how about you, Senator? I know we like talked about the defense, but uh, is there anyone on offense that you're really looking at this season and, and you want to learn about? Yeah, there's actually a few guys. Um, I'm really watching Darnell Mooney. He showed some incredible flashes, uh, route running, separation, and ball skills. Um, let's see if he's real. Let's see if he can establish himself as you know one of the league's stronger num- strong number twos. And let's see if we if we can call our, uh, ourselves Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney, and having one of the NFL's best wide receiver duos. So I really want to see him to continue to grow. Um, you know, there's some other guys. Um, I know Cole Komet was a rookie last year. Um, I'll be honest, I wasn't ever a big fan of the pick. But let's see if he could, you know, get better at a separation, route running. Wait, wait, That's wait, what wait, I'm wait, watching. wait, wait. You're telling me that a dude at 6'5", 260 pounds from Notre Dame, you weren't a fan of that? No, I mean, like... Yeah, no, he has no, my size. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> literally just, I mean, obviously, I've been like the biggest Cole Komet. If anyone who follows me on Twitter at Tommy K NFL Draft plug um, knows I've been a huge Cole Komet critic, and I really uh, don't like to criticize and like go against Komet. It was more of like where they picked him and what uh, they're expecting him to be. But that's a really good person to look at because we need him to be. Um, I, I mean, it would where he was picked and who he was picked over. I mean, we really need him to be a focal point of this offense and earn that, not just try to make him be that. Like he needs to to be the part. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, and you guys are gonna learn this from this podcast. You know, when you're selected as our first pick, you know, in a draft, which Kokomet was, we didn't have a first round pick that year. We're not you don't deserve your hand to be, you don't deserve to be coddled and solely groomed, man. Like you are our first pick, man. You last year, you should have been our starting tight tight end over Jimmy Graham. Now he is listed as tight end number one, but man, we want you to see, we want you to make an impact, man. Like, yeah, he showed some flashes, you know, he did improve on his contested catches, but I don't know what he had like 225 yards total on the season. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not enough for me. That doesn't make me feel confident that, yeah, we hit on this guy. You know, I want to see him, you know, beat guys in coverage. I want him to be a mismatch. That's what you should expect out of a second round pick. 
And, yeah, absolutely. You know, because he was that second round pick. Yeah, he he's someone that you should be watching under a, a magnifying glass to see is this guy continually growing. Yeah, no, and I think like I think the misconception is too like we value these well-rounded tight ends like the Kyle Rudolph types, the ones that can block and but like really like what pushes the needle and makes a difference are the dynamic receiving threats. I mean, Travis Kelsey and George Kittle and Darren Waller, like those top three guys, there's no one even comes, no other tight end comes close to those guys. I mean, we'll see about Kyle Pitts, but like, that's why Kyle Pitts gets drafted number four overall. Like he wasn't a great blocker, but it didn't really matter because he's a great receiver and um, just gives your offense. So something that a lot of offenses don't have. And when I, uh, I don't mean we don't mean to, you know, get into the weeds about Cole Komet, what we think about Cole Komet, but like um, to value his skill set as highly as they did, it just it raises some questions because that like if you're I mean, look, you can even look at the game yesterday and watch like explosive plays and open throws is the name of the game in today's NFL. And is Cole Komet helping you get those? I didn't see it at the time and I still don't see it. And it, um, I'm not saying it's you know, he's going to be always going to be who he is, but, you know, I hope he proves me wrong and gets better, honestly, but. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, the, the upside with Komet is, you know, can Nagy scheme him open, let him get the ball. In. I mean, he is a, if I can give Komet some, some props, man, he is fearless with that football, man. He'll run, try to run through everyone. And he's, he's not scared of anyone, man. And like I said, he did improve on his contested catching. He has a huge catch radius. So, you know, I expect Cole Komet to be good at that. I just want to see him get open a little bit more on his own. Um, a big misconception in the NFL is, you know, if you have a, you know, wide receiver or tight end who's like six foot eight, you know, and like right around that area, like you think he's like this monster like red zone threat. And the thing is, is like, I want the guy who's going to separate and get the wide open touchdown, you know, exactly. that's usually more, more efficient. So that's why Cole Clement is one of my, biggest people that I'm watching offensively because you just want to see him grow. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, and, how about you, Tom? Is there anyone else that you'd like to see um, that you're watching closely on the offense? Play, James play Daniels. James Daniels. Uh, I wrote an article about him that you could find on the Windy City. Another plug. Uh, and it was talking about like where his progress has been. And I think he's just been um, pretty inconsistent, honestly. Uh, his 2020 season, those five games he played, uh, he really struggled in pass protection actually. So um, I know he, his biggest thing is struggling with power and I don't know how much of that changes because he is a smaller interior offensive lineman, but I just want to see how he um, can improve as a pass protector. And if he will improve, I mean, um, PFF did a study about nerds pro uh, progression for each position and offensive lineman was pretty consistent that they, if they get better, it's in years three and four. So this is year four for him. So we really need to see that improvement if he's going to be um, a, a main, you know, piece of the foundation for this roster moving forward. Yeah. And just a reminder, uh, James Daniels was drafted in the second round. So this is actually the final year of his contract. So that's another reason why this is a big year to see, you know, what the future titles for James Daniels and the Chicago Bear. Yeah, absolutely. Um so I think this is a good time to transition to the Rams game and um, to give it a positive spin to this Snyder, where do you think the bears have the biggest advantage on the bear or where do you think the bears have the biggest advantage on the Rams? So I think 
um, our wide receivers should have a good game. I mean, they lost um, a couple starters. I know they lost um, John Johnson. So, and they also lost um, Brandon Staley, who was the number one, had the Rams playing at number one defense last year. I know they brought in Raheem Morris. Um, I honestly don't know too much about him. I don't know if he's going to try to emulate that Brandon Staley or he's going to try to um, do it more of like what Dan Quinn was doing when he was under him with Atlanta. So I say let's attack their safeties. I Hopefully Allen Robinson and Mooney, man, to stretch them down the field. And we have speed now. We have, you know, Bird and Goodwin so, and even Perryman. So hopefully, man, they could really just start, start attacking them, man. See, take advantage of those weak spots. Yeah, um, I think, yeah, that was where I was going to go if you didn't go there. Um, I think, I mean, like, if you look at their safeties, too, uh, Taylor Rapp and then Jordan Fuller, who was undrafted, they were, like, I think Jordan Fuller ran, like, the four sixes, and Taylor Rapp ran ran the four eights at uh, their pro days. So, like, I think it's going to, like, if they do run a bunch of zone and stuff like that, like, it's going to, the deep shots, are going to be available because like those safeties just can't really run. Um, so I think uh, that is going to be, has to be a big part of Nagy's game plan to stretch the field that way on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, obviously I think our front seven is a lot better than their offensive line. Um, I know they have two pretty good tackles and Andrew Whitworth, like the, the Tom Brady of offensive tackles and Andrew Whitworth yeah, who just like doesn't sure. have any decline in his body. Um and uh, Rob Havenstein. So, like, um, I think where they're going to have to to win in from a pass rushing standpoint is in the interior and maybe, like, move Mac around. I would love to see Sean Desai move Mac around to, to the Rams' weakest link. Um, and um, I think in terms of if the Rams want to run the ball like they've known – they've been known to do, um, I think we ultimately have the advantage there. I think there's no shot that they can um, – you know, really move the ball by through the ground on us. Yeah. So this is actually pretty exciting when it comes to a defensive line standpoint from the bears. I mean, when pace signed Robert Quinn, you could, you know, he wanted someone that was consistently beating tackles one-on-one. I think this is the first time since, you know, 2019 that you're going to see Mac healthy, um, Eddie Goldman healthy and Hicks, all, all of them on the same field together. And now you got Quinn. It's going to be the first time all four of them are together. So that's something to be optimistic. And I mean, we expect, you know, Quinn and Gibson are probably going to, I don't want to say split, but you know, they're going to take some of each other's snaps for sure. So to see that, you know, that defensive line, that pace and vision when he first signed Robert Quinn. So we're kind of, we're getting like what pace and vision last year, finally now in 2021. And I mean, hopefully they, hopefully they can see them like, no really impact the game. Yeah, no, definitely. Where are you most worried about uh, this this upcoming matchup? I mean, you know, there's a guy, you know, that plays um, defensive tackle and defensive end for the Rams that is probably the most fearful defender in the NFL. You know, that that is my biggest, biggest concern. I mean, as that's probably the more common answer. Yeah, I mean, he he's the best player in the NFL, in my opinion. Like he's the best player at his position. Like he does his position better than any other player does theirs. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I, 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 in 2018, I know there was this narrative floating around that like James Daniels held his own against Aaron Donald. And I really, I, I watched that game like in 2018 and remember like whenever they went up against each other, like Aaron Donald got him quite a bit. 
I think Nagy did a really good job of scheming away from him, and that's going to have to be a big part of his game plan this upcoming Sunday. Yeah, um, Tom, like, I know you'll probably know this a little bit better than me. Like, last year, did they really start experiencing, you know, putting Donald on the edge or on the end and inside? Like, did they move him around a lot last year, the Rams? Yeah, Brandon Seeley did a ton, and um, what – Brandon Seeley did really good. He did a really good job at, which is going to be interesting to see in this game with what Raheem Morris does is he would move Aaron Donald around and then know that the offensive line was going to slide at their protection towards him. And then they blitz from the other side. So like, um, it was just like really creative stuff. And I remember that gave the bears fits last year when they played, uh, when they played against them, like that was a huge reason why Foles missed a bunch of those deep shots that he had open. Um, because they had those scheme blitzes ready, ready to go. And if you really look at the Rams defensive front, like it's not great outside of Aaron Donald, um, Leonard Floyd. If you follow me on Twitter again, you all know my thoughts on Leonard Floyd, especially from a pass rushing perspective. I don't think he's really that good of a pass rusher at all. And then uh, I know that they have like Terrell Lewis and stuff like that. So like they, they, it's kind of just like a bunch of guys and Aaron Donald and um, in order for them to get pressure outside of Aaron Donald, I think they're going to have to do some of those same blitzes, um, but we'll see if for sure. Morris is going to, you know, bring that over with his philosophy. For sure. Um, in terms of a matchup I'm worried about, it is Cooper cup against Duke Shelley and the yeah. slot. Cooper Cup is one of the best slot receivers in the NFL. Um, and I know that the Bears or Sean aside, we expect him to run a bunch of zones. So I don't know how much they're gonna be matching up one on one, but like that just worries me, man. It it just worries me. Duke Shelley wasn't great. He mean he Duke Shelley was playing like all of the preseason games. Like he didn't come out. So I'm sure they wanted to get him reps. And that means like they're it doesn't give me the biggest boat of confidence in him that he's playing the entire preseason games. So I I'm, I'm worried about that. And then I'm just worried about, um, I guess, Vildor too. I mean, which we've talked about, but I think that is going to be a matchup that dictates um, this game. Yeah, that could definitely be a scary matchup. I mean, the Rams have a lot invested in their past catchers on um, Robert Woods, Cooper cup. They're, they're both, you know, stars in their own. And you know, they just signed Deshaun Jackson have a couple of high round draft picks in Van Jefferson and Tutu Atwell. So, you know, they, I don't know how the Bears secondary matches up with all of them, you know, other than Jalen Johnson, that's going to be something that's going to be a little bit concerned about for sure. Yeah, no. Yeah. I, I am concerned. <laughs> Definitely. Um, what do you so, think? Um, next question. Oh, wait, go sorry, ahead, Tom, I'm sorry. I was like, what do you think is going to um, be the deciding factor of this game? Man, for the Bears, man, they just—it has to be. I think you're gonna have to have a big game from Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney, and you know you're not gonna have a lot of wiggle room defensively, especially with the singles, with the secondary. Um, you know, you gotta limit limit the penalties. You, I just think it's for the Bears to come out with a win. You're gonna have to have a big game um, from Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney. Yeah, and I think that starts with an Aggie's play calling. Um, I sure. just, I, I, that's going to be my, that's my deciding factor is how aggressive is Matt Nagy going to be? Um, how much is he going to be willing to pass on early downs? If he tries to run the ball, like he has been for the past couple, um, not years, but like what he did last year, um, and tries to run on first and second down and puts his quarterback in 
crappy situations. I don't think they're going to run well against this front at all. Um, the Rams were like the third best run defense in the league last year and played the most uh, with the least amount of men in the box, like from um, like the, they, the most times they played the least amount of men in the box. So like that really wasn't an issue of theirs, even though they play with a bunch of light boxes, they still could stop the run really well. This bears offensive line isn't great, um, which we all know. So I think if the if Matt Nagy tries to quote unquote establish the run, he's going to shoot himself in the foot and the bears have no chance. Yeah. Another thing, Tom, I wanted to ask you, um, there's one huge change to the um, Los Angeles Rams that we didn't get, we didn't touch on yet. What do you expect from Matthew Stafford? They traded two first round picks because they felt that Jared Goff wasn't getting, wasn't taking him to the heights that he should have been. So they traded two first round picks for Matthew Stafford. What do you expect from them and how do you expect the Rams offense to change? Um, I expect them to pass a lot more. And I think Cam Akers getting hurt um, is a, a, a big, uh, not a big reason, but factors into that as well. Um, but I, I read an article. I mean, there was a couple articles. I read a Bleacher Report article and an ESPN article about like wh- why um, it was just like a bunch of insider sources telling why they thought McVay traded for Matthew Stafford. And a lot of it was because, McVay felt so much pressure to be a perfect play caller for Jared Goff. Like he had to, if the mistake was made, it was going to be on him because Jared Goff couldn't get them out of situations. And I think Stafford from like um, an audible, like experience standpoint, he can get you out of for pre-snap. He can get you out of bad situations where McVay doesn't have to be perfect um, based on what he's seeing that golf couldn't do. And just his talent, like when things break down and the play call isn't, you know, doesn't scheme someone wide open, like he can extend plays and do those sorts of things. So um, it, the move made sense. And um, I, I, there's two questions out that I want to get answered with Matt Stafford. And that's, was it the lions why you were never great? You were always just good or, um, or, and can McVay get that out? Can McVay maximize your talent or are you just not that you can't, you're not that guy. Like you, you're good. You're just not great. You know, that's what, but I expect them to pass a lot more bottom line. Yeah. I actually really respected this move by Sean McVay and the Rams because now you look at the 2018 and 19 season, you know, Goff was throwing for, you know, 4,600 yards and he had a decent completion percentage, you know, like in the low 60s. That, you know, for other teams, that's really that for other teams that they might Lions. get really content with that. Yeah, the they'll be like, whoa, 4,600 yards, 30 touchdowns. Like that that's a good quarterback. But for Sean McVay and the Rams not to be content with that and not sit on their hands, they traded two first round picks to who they believe is you know, one of the league's more elite talents. Mm-hmm. So for McVay to get 4,600 yards and 30 touchdowns out of golf, it's kind of scary to see what he can do with Stafford. But there's also is a lot of more, uh, pressure on Stafford. Is he an elite quarterback that was being held down by the Lions? There's no more ex- excuses for him. You know, he's got the offense. He's got the offensive-minded head coach. And the Rams' are, expectations are him for to be, a you know, close to a top-five quarterback. Yeah, I mean, everyone else, or not everyone else, but, like, Vegas thinks that, like, he was the quarterback they're missing. I mean, like, they're, like, the third highest odds to win the Super Bowl, I think, this year. So, or in the NFC. So, I mean, like, 
that's what I think people are expecting. So um, yeah, it's going to be uh, big questions, but, and I think it's going to be a tougher offense to stop for the bears. I mean, we know a lot about Stafford. We've seen him obviously with him being with the lions, um, but I, it's just, a, there's just a lot of question marks heading to this game because so much has changed with both teams. For sure. Okay. Look, final score. Though. Final score. Yeah, I was just going to ask you final prediction. Yeah. Man, the Rams are going to be fired up, man. This is their first game at the new stadium, Sunday night football. They're in their home turf. I just don't see the secondary, the Bears secondary holding up with this, with their receiving core and an expect a better offense with Stafford. Oh, man, I think the Rams win by two scores. I think they're going to win. You think they're going to cover the uh, seven and a half spread that they got? Oh, that oh, that's a lock. <laughs> that, really? That, that wow. Definitely, yeah, that that's a lock, man. Flannery, like boy, said, Andy Dalton. I'm sorry, man. I just don't see the very secondary hold, holding up um, with this offense. Give me. You know, give me 38 to 20. Wow. You think they put up 38 points on this defense, man? I don't think it's going to be pretty, man. 38-20. I think it's going to be low scoring. Um, Like, I think it can be like a 24-10 to game. Or like 24. You know, like, I think – I don't know. I just – I need to see Nagy show that creative offensive side for a consistent game, Um, like, for me to believe it. Like, he just hasn't been that guy in so long. Um, So – to heading into this game, like until I see that, I just don't think the offense is going to do perform that well, to be honest. And um, I think if we, if Nagy does what he did last year, Dalton is not going to play well either. And uh, I think that's a really bad recipe for disaster on top of Dalton being, you know, pooping his pants on like every primetime game he's ever been in. So I, I, yeah, I'm definitely going with the Rams, unfortunately, and the Bears starting off the season 0 1. Yeah, it can it can get ugly, and it's going to raise a lot of questions for Nagy and Dalton. And maybe it could be a blessing in disguise if we do. If I'm right, we lose thirty eight to twenty. Maybe it's a blessing in disguise. Yeah, maybe we'll see some Justin Fields. That'd Hopefully. be awesome. <laughs> um, well, I think that's all we have for this episode. Um, we are going to plan on doing two episodes every week, and um, we're going to try to do, or we're planning on doing one on Sunday right after the game. Um, to digest what we just saw and then um, next or then the next episodes will be or the episodes after that will be previewing the games and maybe even um, a deeper analysis being able to rewatch the prior game Um, so yeah so yeah just we got a twitter page going uh Snyder do you know the at off the top of your head (laughs) yeah at bears blog boys yeah so give us a follow man we're going to put some great content on that um and yeah just stay tuned and we'll be back on sunday all right guys take care you're doing some podcast somewhere nobody wants to hear you